Hi, and welcome to this week's Ask Amy. Today we are talking about flood insurance. Um, it's important any time of year, but right at the start of hurricane season, it's definitely important. Joining me is Leash Hugh. He is the owner of U Agency. You guys sell flood insurance. We do. Yes, we do. Um, and you have a lot of knowledge. That's why I wanted you to come on and talk about flood insurance. I think it's sticker shock every year when we get, if you have flood insurance from FEMA through the National Flood Insurance Program, you get these premiums and every single year they're up and it's like okay we kind of expect that to some extent but it's frustrating yeah and so for for years and years fema's rates uh, they went up but it wasn't that drastic of an increase um, and it wasn't until October of 2021 mm -hmm. when people started getting these really big increases and wondering what the heck is going on. And so, but but yeah, we, we were definitely getting increases, but after uh, the, the FEMA changed their rating system, that's when re people really started taking notice. And I feel so many things got lost in those months of the pandemic, years yes. of the pandemic. And this is one of those things that happened. It was basically a big overhaul of how they figure out who owes what for premiums. Yeah, it's a huge overhaul. And, and really, I, we started talking about this uh, in 2019 because mm -hmm. the first target date for FEMA to overhaul their, their rating system was supposed to happen in 2020. Uh -huh. But software issues, glitches, the pandemic, things just got pushed back. And it actually ended up happening in 2021 versus 2020. But it, it was a major, major overhaul. Uh, you know, the FEMA, the National Flood Insurance Program has been in place since the 70s. Mm -hmm. And they haven't changed a thing in how they rated the flood insurance system since the 70s. Wow. Um, and so when this new system came out, it, it was rev supposed to be revolutionary, more you know, fair across the board, much easier to rate. Um, but it was definitely sticker shock to most of Southeast Houston. Yeah. So basically before, you know, when you look to buy a home, I've always been told and growing up in Houston, it's like you don't want to buy in a floodplain or an area that has flooded or is likely to flood because it's next to a bayou. Um, and, and you could expect that if you purchased a house in a floodplain or one of those zones that you're it's going to cost you a lot more money. One, you probably be required to buy flood insurance. And two, it's going to cost you a lot more than if you just avoided those areas that are high risk. Yeah, it's, it was I mean, it, before it was pretty intuitive. You know, if you if you know, FEMA and Harris County Flood Control District, they came up with these maps mm -hmm. and you were either high risk moderate or lower risk. And if you were in high risk, the lenders required you to have flood insurance because you're high risk. You're deemed um, you're deemed high risk because they think the area is going to flood. And so just intuitively, you think, hey, I'm going to buy a house in this high risk zone. I'm just going to assume my flood insurance is going to be higher than if I buy it bought in the lower risk zones. Uh -huh. And so th that has totally changed because if you if look at the maps and the research that we did, there are areas where it's low to moderate risk that are paying more than those people that are you know in the high risk zones and in the, the homes that have flooded before. So it, it's kind of crazy what's happened. Mm -hmm. Um, but you know, some of it is understandable, but other, a lot of times you're just left scratching your head with what's going on here. Yeah. So you, you mentioned this study that you did and I want to talk about that, but first I want to ask, so, okay, if we're not just looking at, oh, this person's right next to a bayou or this person's in an area that is high risk then this new rating system, what are they looking at to determine how much I have to pay? Yeah, so the old rating risk uh, zones, it, it was basically based on, no, I'm sorry, the old 
uh, way that they rated flood insurance uh, were based basically on two things, what zone you lived in, and if you were in the high-risk flood zones, it, it, it looked at the elevation of your home. Mm-hmm. Um, these days, they still look at the elevation of your home, but they're looking at the area that you're living in and, and how often the, the, um, the area floods, so uh-huh. the flood frequency of the area. They're also looking for what type of floods the area will um, will experience. Okay. I mean, it, it, is it river overflow? Is it storm surge? Is it coastal erosion? Is it heavy rainfall? Um, then they're looking at the the, the distance to a, a water source. You know, okay. how close are you to Clear Lake? How close are you to the Gulf of Mexico? How close are you to a bayou uh, or a reservoir that that may overflow? Those things seem to make sense. Yes, those yeah. things <laughs> seem to make sense. That that one bullet point definitely seems to make sense. But then they threw another one in. It's the cost to rebuild your house. And so is, does it cost $2 million to, re, to rebuild your home or $250,000 to rebuild your home? And the, the study that we did, it showed that the higher income or higher uh, valued areas were paying a little bit more or sometimes a lot of bit more uh-huh. for flood insurance, even though they were not prone to flood, you know. So, so and then for P, if you're watching this and you don't know this or maybe you need a reminder, it doesn't matter uh, so if, if I lose my house and I have a $200,000 home or a $250,000 home and say you lose your home and you have a $2 million home, neither one of us are going to get any more than $250,000. That's that the maximum correct. payout. Maximum payout on FEMA's flood policy is $250,000 for the dwelling and $100,000 for your contents. So if you lived in a $250,000 home and fully lost it, you would get a $250,000 check from FEMA. If you lived in a $2 million home and fully lost it, you would get still get a $250,000 check. But you're in this new system, in theory, you're supposed to pay more if you live in a $2 million home versus a $250,000 home. Very strange. Yeah. And so people hear that and they think, well, that doesn't make any sense. Like, why do I have to pay more if I'm not getting any more money? And you said, well, there's sort of, is this your theory or... or- <laughs> Totally my theory. I'm, I'm sure FEMA has their their uh, scientific approach to on uh, uh, as to why somebody that lives in a two million dollar home should pay more than somebody that lives in a two hundred fifty thousand dollar home. Mm-hmm. But to me, the theory is that they their their thought is they can afford to pay more, so they're gonna have them pay more. Like spread out the pain. Yeah. If it, you can afford to own a $2 million home, then you can probably afford higher insurance premiums. That is correct. So yeah. that that is my theory, and, and um, uh, hopefully I don't get in trouble for spreading <laughs> that theory. <laughs> I mean, I, I think it, it's one uh, way to explain it. Um, so the other thing, when you mentioned the study that you, that you did with your agency, is you were, so these new rates took effect in October of 2021. Correct, yeah. So you were able to um, get quotes to figure out how much premiums would cost certain addresses before the new rates took effect. Yeah, so we did this big study. I, mean, I, I say big. It was, there was 110 um, addresses that, that we yeah. did. And, you know, if you multiply it by, you know, 10 minutes per quote per address, it, I mean, it, it was a lot of time that my folks uh, put into this study. But but before October um, 2021, uh, we tried to figure out what the differences were going to be. Mm-hmm. And the differences uh, in the areas in, in which we operate, but pretty much the greater Houston area, mostly inner loop um, areas. Um, but we, we try to figure out if the, we were going to experience a decrease, increase, or if everything was going to be flat, but the, the 
what we found was pretty astonishing, mm-hmm. um, and that that this more fair system, uh, it might be more fair to people that like live in Kansas City, but it was definitely not more fair for those that live uh, in Houston, especially the greater Houston area. Yeah, I found it um, fascinating because you guys went sort of neighborhood by neighborhood and can tell on average how much rates went up. I want to talk more about that when yeah. we come back. We're going to take a quick break. Um, but we can talk about maybe, in at least in Southeast Texas, who seemed to fare better than others. Yeah. And then, yeah, um, it, it's really interesting. We'll be right back, and we're going to share a lot of those details. Welcome back to this episode of Ask Amy, all about flood insurance. My guest today is Leash Yu, um, talking to us about this really interesting study that you all did. I mean, this is research, basically. Yeah. Um, and so it took you guys a little while because first you, uh, will you tell me what you did? I'll let you explain it. Yeah. So, so my staff, um, Selena and Kara primarily and, and Frazier, they, they took a, a, all of these addresses that we um, had a- identified, mainly clients of ours. Um, and we just started um, trying to figure out what was going to happen with the flood rates. And we live um, in our, our office is in Westview and I live in Westview. And so I was particularly interested in the Westview area um, in, in my home. Uh, so the very first address that I did was mm-hmm. obviously my house in, in my house. I, you know, I, I, I live on a street that doesn't hold water. Um, it didn't flood during Harvey. It didn't flood during tax day, Memorial Day. It, it hasn't. I, I mean, it's never even gotten close. I'm in in the the 500-year flood zone, and uh, my rate was $572 a year prior to October 21st of uh, or t- October 1st of 2021. Uh-huh. $572, um, and I was happy paying that. And so when when I ran the rates on my house, and I found out that the new FEMA rate has me. Um, at $2,200 a year. $2,200. Obviously, I, I freaked out. I was like, holy cow. I mean, that's a lot of money. And I, right. I know the flooding history of my house. I've, I've lived through it all. Um, our house was like a sanctuary for a lot of people that did flood in, in other neighborhoods during uh-huh. Harvey. And so, so when I looked at that, I'm thinking, okay, so if I were to sell my house today and I put it listed on the market, mm-hmm. um, I know the flood history of my home. But those people that are coming in to buy my house, uh-huh. they say they're coming from California or Oklahoma, and they run a flood insurance quote, and it's $2,200. What are they thinking? I mean, right. they, in, in their minds, they're just going, oh, my gosh, that house is going to flood, or FEMA right. thinks it's going to flood. Yeah. And so it was particularly interest, interesting, so, in that study. So so the West University area uh, in the addresses that we ran increased about 190%. Wow. Um, f- from the... You know, prior to risk rating 2.0, which uh-huh. is what FEMA is calling this new transformational rating system, to after risk rating 2.0. Uh-huh. Um, and so, you know, the, in Southside Place, Southside is in the high-risk flood zone, uh, but the houses don't flood in uh-huh. Southside. If, if you know anything about Southside Place, they built it up so the houses don't flood, the streets flood, uh, but the houses don't flood. But the average um, house in Southside is now $3,300. And so it was just a crazy situation what, what, with what was happening in, um, in West U. And, you know, you go further down south in Brace Heights. Brace Heights got inundated during during Allison, right? Right. But, you know, one of the greatest things that happened in Brace Heights, because a lot of the new, you know, construction that came out, but everybody built high in, uh-huh. in Brace Heights. But Brace Heights still got a 175% increase. Now, their rates started off higher, 
but their increases were higher, just as high as the, the, the West U area. So we went through all the, the, the neighborhoods. Um, and, and, you know, so Meyerland during Harvey got inundated. Uh-huh. Right. So so poor Meyerland. Um, but Meyerland, they didn't get that big of an increase. So Meyerland's increase that we saw was about 130 percent versus oh. West Jews, 190 percent. Yeah. And so some of the homes in Meyerland that did flood, they actually got reduced uh, premiums, which really surprised me. Right. And how do you, I mean, it, it almost seems like this sort of mystery box. Yeah, we were scratching our heads going, what is going on with this? Yeah. And, and so, and, and then we would rerun the numbers because we're like, is this accurate? And we were worried that the software and the rating systems weren't up yet uh -huh. and, and correct yet. But the the longer we go into this, the, the, the more... Um, the, the, the better we feel about the numbers we did prior to October of 2021 because they seem to be pretty accurate and they right. seem to be holding. They, the increases seem to be holding. Yeah, so um, before we compare, because you go zip code by zip code on which areas got the biggest increase, um, just want to explain to people that, okay, so you're talking about a 190% increase, but you don't, the people in West University won't have to realize that increase all at once. Yeah, and that's the kind of the good news. And, and we talked about this earlier that, you know, FEMA actually has a, a, a term for not experiencing the increase all at once. So if you have flood insurance already, um, you don't have to go from 500, like me, $572 a year to $2,200 a year. FEMA's term uh, to allow you to, to glide into the new rate, they call it glide path. Uh -huh. And so instead of experiencing that increase all at once, um, every year FEMA has a maximum that they can increase their flood insurance rates, and that's 18%. So they, will, they can increase your rates by 18% a year year mm -hmm. uh, until you get to that new rate so for my situation it was eight to nine years before I you know I, I got to $2,200 so it, it's basically eight to nine years of me you know delaying the inevitable right and it also seems like we're supposed to be happy about 18 percent yeah like on any other <laughs> bill when it's 18 percent more you're like wow that's a huge increase huge increase you know and I, I was an exclusive insurance agent for nationwide insurance um, 13 years out of my career and nationwide knew exactly exactly when their clients would leave uh, when they did rate increases. And that, that, that increase was a, a, a single-digit number. It was like 8.2%. I don't uh -huh. remember what it was. But it, it was they were true. Once it got to 8.3 or 8.5%, my clients would leave without even calling us. Uh -huh. right? So now at 18%, and it's unapologetically, hey, we're going to raise your rate. It's 18 percent until you get to that new rate. And, and But it is what it is. But then let's talk about that. This glide path, <laughs> as long as you have insurance, they're not going to slam you all at once with a, you know, 190 percent increase, just 18 percent each year. But if you were to do what you said and say, I can't pay that. And you decide to leave this year because money's tight and you'll maybe if I'm doing better next year, I'll go back. What happens? Yeah. So if you say I can't, I'm not going to renew my flood insurance this year at $572 or at $700, whatever your new rate is, as soon as you cancel it and you want to try to buy it back, you have to go immediately to the new rating system in, Ouch. The, in the new rate. Yeah. And, and for, for me, that's a really bad thing. Some some areas like in, in the Heights, mm -hmm. the, you, uh, the folks in the Heights didn't get hit that hard in 77007 and 77008 right. in the Heights. Um, but in, in the West U area, the Bel Air area, all the, you know, the, the other areas, yeah, you, you can get hit pretty hard. River Oaks. Right. In those areas, you'll get pretty hit pretty hard if you cancel or if you're buying a new house 
um, and you need a new flood insurance policy, the, the new rate is effective immediately. Yeah. So you kind of when after we did the first interview with you and you kind of shared this with me because I, I was in the same boat. I think um, two years ago I was paying 500 something dollars for flood insurance because I'm not I wasn't in an area where it's required my lender doesn't require it but having grown up in Houston I know that it's a safe bet and, and you know just a good thing to do and then last year it was up to 600 something this year it's 799 799 yeah and so I was like oh well then maybe I won't pay it so I did call to check and say like okay well if if the, somebody were just buying this home or starting a new policy what would it be and it's 849 oh yeah so, so I'm like that's not that bad yeah you're you're <laughs> close to the real rate that the new rates so so eight so you're still under four digits. <laughs> See how all of a sudden they make us feel good about yeah. eight forty nine, yeah. right? <laughs> yeah, I think our, my rate ended up being at right around eight hundred this year, but again, it'll continue to increase until we get to twenty two hundred dollars. Um, so there's lots more information I want to talk to you about, but one thing, well, we're going to take a break. For example, when we come back, if people just can't afford it anymore. We know there are people who have to have it if your lender says you have to have it. But for the rest of the people, it seems like if we just say, I'm not doing it, then this whole rating system is not going to work. Yeah, it's going to be crazy. So. Yeah, we'll talk about that. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Ask Amy. We are talking about flood insurance and Leash You is dropping some knowledge, a lot of really good information. <laughs> what we ended on is, okay, so pretty much everybody's flood insurance rates are going up. There were some areas that went down, but then I said, so if people like me, like other people who are not required to have it by your lender, if we just stop paying, then what happens? Yeah, so, so FEMA's hope is that it, more people will jump onto the flood insurance program so there's more premium to pay the claims that might come up in the worst areas. Mm -hmm. um, but what we're seeing is that um, people have definitely a threshold for paying for what they deem nothing. Yeah. And so so when you buy a house and you're buying in Houston, you don't really know the area. Oh, you're going to buy flood insurance if it's $572 a year. Yeah. But if it's $2,200 a year, you're either going to make the decision, I'm not going to buy the house or I'm not going to buy the flood insurance or I'm going to just go ahead and buy the flood insurance. But we're seeing more and more people not buying flood insurance because it's just too expensive and they right. just don't see the value of it. And so it's kind of scary, but that's it's not your only option. FEMA's flood policy is not your only option. You can consider private flood if you want. Uh -huh. like, so there's there's been a, a slurry of private insurance carriers that are coming in to try to 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 satisfy the market and and sell flood insurance at a lower rate. Um, and and sometimes you can get a better rate. Sometimes it's actually more expensive. But it's uh -huh. worth looking at. Um, the, the the buyer beware that I would give to the consumers out there is that it, FEMA's not going to go out of business. So if, if a hurricane comes in and, and wipes out the entire city of Houston and you have a FEMA flood policy, I, I think you're going to eventually get paid. Um, if it the same thing happens and you're insured with a private carrier and they're not real well capitalized, yeah. they could go out of business. And then you get nothing. You get nothing. So you yeah. paid all this premium and this carrier promises to pay, but they don't have enough money to pay you. And it, so, so, I, I, I'm in, so these carriers, I, I don't have any reason to think that they're going to be out of business because they're very well capitalized, but it's something that, that consumers should definitely think about. But they're about. hit with a Katrina or a Harvey all at once. And yeah. Yeah. I mean, that could happen. I, 
so that's that's good information. You just go ahead and get quotes for private get and quotes. FEMA. Yeah, you can strategize on what's best for you and your family. Yeah, you had some really good takeaways um, on how people uh, you you need to be knowledgeable with this new rating system. And so if you notice that your rates are going up every year and you're you know you want to know like well what. Like, what is it in the end? I mean, there's a way you can get this information. Yeah. So so what I would do if, if I were um, a consumer of flood insurance and you have flood insurance is I would, I would call your broker and figure out – your insurance broker and figure out how much is my end point? What's the true cost of, of flood insurance here? Mm-hmm. When is the pain going to end? Um, and your insurance broker that you bought the flood insurance uh, from should be able to give you that number. Um, but definitely make sure you're paying your premiums. And by the way – Don't send your premiums, your insurance. I I wouldn't write a check and put it in the mail. Uh I would always pay online because we've had situations where where people come into our office, write a check. We send it out into the outgoing mail, and, and the National Flood Insurance Program never gets it. And so, but they've paid the bill, kind yeah. of, but not really. So, so always pay it online if you can, because you get an immediate response. Okay. Um, but, but, um, so make sure that doesn't cancel. And if you're buying or selling a house, uh-huh. if you're buying a house, you should ask the person that's selling the house whether they can assume their flood policy. FEMA allows you; it's the only policy that I know of that that is transferable. But FEMA allows you to transfer a policy from one owner to another. Okay. Um, and it, it, there's no obligation for the insurance company, the the person selling the home, or the insurance agent to process the paperwork to transfer it. But you should always ask the the seller of the home if you're buying it. Hey, do you have a flood insurance policy? Can I assume it? Because you can prolong the pain. You can get their rate today, uh-huh. pay 18 percent until it until it ratches up to the new rate. But you could save thousands of dollars over the years if it goes from 572 to $2,200 like my house. Right. So, yeah. So, for example, if you were buying use house, Leisha's house, yeah. and, and right now it's whatever, like 600 something dollars or 700 something dollars, and you didn't ask him that, like you just bought his house, you forgot to ask about flood insurance. As soon as you move in and you want to get flood insurance, it's 2200 bucks. Yeah, you could have saved a lot of money if, if you allowed me just to transfer it to you. So consider that. And if you're selling your house, um, ask your, your broker, can I transfer this policy? Can, if so, we'll put this in the sales material and we'll allow the, the buyers to transfer to assume it. Yeah. So it's it's a really, really good tool. That is really good information. And then when you talked about calling a broker to find out sort of what's the true, what's the end point. So I guess another way to word that, the broker should know what you're talking about, but you could just say, if I were to start a new policy, if I didn't have a policy. Yeah, just so just call an insurance broker uh, and, and just tell them, hey, I need a flood insurance quote on my house. Oh, you have a flood insurance quote. Yeah, I just need a new flood insurance quote. Yeah, but yeah. <laughs> okay, yeah, that's exactly what I did too. And yeah. they're like, no, it's, it's this. Um, and that's how I found that mine wasn't that much. Uh, that much of an increase. Yeah. So, so uh, the heights seven seven zero eight and 07 got really uh, only like a thirty percent increase. Uh-huh. So it wasn't. It wasn't that bit. Actually, it was a hundred and thirty percent increase. It wasn't that bad. Um, but like the Woodland Heights seven seven zero nine, they got ha- they were the highest in the area. They got hammered at like two hundred and fifty percent. Which is really interesting because it's like what a mile away. Yeah. And 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 most of the heights elevated homes the highest point in Houston. So you would think. That the the area would would actually experience lower rates, but uh-huh. no, they they it, it was very strange. Um, so that one on average, the average increase in that zip code seven seven zero zero nine you looked at was what two hundred and forty nine percent, almost two hundred fifty percent on the houses that we did. And so again, we're we're continuing to do qu- uh, rate quotes there, and that number is sticking. It's wow. just crazy. Yeah, that is crazy. Um, Galveston was really interesting in your study because obviously, if you think. 
I'm going to have a house in Galveston, you realize that it's very risky because it's on the beach, on the water. Yeah. So so Galveston was the, the shiny star. They, <laughs> they were the only area that we did that actually had a decrease. And that decrease was like 41%. But, but one of our clients, he was paying almost $11,000 a year for flood insurance. And after this happened, his rate went down to, to $1,400-ish. I mean, it was a crazy. So so coastal property, frontline property, it, it was raised on stilts, but it was a $2 million house. Uh-huh. Um, and it, it, we, you would think that they get all of the, the closest to the water, r- erosion, high frequency of flooding, but uh-huh. they got a decrease and not just a small decrease, a humongous decrease. Yeah. And they're paying less than me in West U that, and I, would, I don't think I'll ever flood. Yeah. So in the history of your property, it hasn't flooded. Um, you're not in a high-risk area, but yet you are supposed to be paying more, more. than somebody that lives on the water in Galveston. Yeah, in a $2 million house on Galveston. <laughs> I mean, and to that end, it kind of it doesn't make sense with the whole, it's a $2 million house, so you would think that FEMA would say, oh, they can afford to pay more. But it's like almost like they got this break because they have flooded before or because it's a... Well, that house, it was brand new. It never flooded. Okay. And so it was very strange. That, yeah. The whole thing is strange. There's no real rhyme or reason, but the bottom line is... Um, call your broker and figure out what the end point is. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, you, you could figure out how much, when the pro, the, the pain will stop for your right. insurance. Yeah. For example, because, you know, for somebody like me, if you don't have to have insurance and you've called and you realize that it's set at $849, then maybe I would risk it this year. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe. <laughs> we'll see. Hey, we want to make sure that you know how to get in touch with Leash You because you've got a lot of great information. We'll put contact information for your agency Perfect. in the show notes. Um, thank you so much for coming on and talking with us thank today. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. Hope yeah. th- I hope this is helpful. Yes, absolutely. Hurricane season is here, so make sure if you're going to get flood insurance that you do it soon. Yeah. Have a great day. Bye-bye.